Started with Quote Roller, now obviously building Pandadoc. They launched that back in, you know, call it 2011. Pandadoc really coming out a few years after that. They've grown their team from 65 people about a year and a half ago to over 105. They've raised additional capital from 6 million, now over 19.5 million. More importantly, though, they're now serving 7,000 customers, right? Helping them with all these different workflow management tools, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, payments or document management or document signing or pitches and updating pitches quickly. Those 7,000 customers are paying on average about 100 bucks a pop. So call it 700 grand in MRR. Gross churn is high, logo churn is high, but that doesn't really matter for them because they've got a great job at doing driving expansion, ARPU and expansion revenue. So they have net negative revenue churn, which is great. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 750. Coming up tomorrow morning, we learn from Mark Chung. He's an Internet of Things electricity measuring king. He's raised $16 million and just passed $1.2 million in revenue. So how's he doing it? Hello, everybody. My guest today is Makito Makado. He's the CEO of a company called PandaDoc, a company founded to accelerate the way organizers transact or organizations transact. He's an entrepreneur, engineer, and executive focused on creating self-sustaining companies. Makita, are you ready to take us to the top? For sure, Nathan. All right. very. I am doing very well. You're laughing, so you're in a good mood today, right? I'm always in a good mood. <laughs> That's the right answer. Tell us why you're in such a good mood. What does PandaDoc do and uh, what's your revenue model? And then we'll move on quickly, guys, because uh, we actually had Jared on back in episode 193. And Makita, is Jared still there? And what, what, what is his role? He is still there. Okay. He's the core of the business. And so he, he's kind of head of operations? Uh, he runs sales and BD. Sales and BD. Okay, perfect. So yeah, what's your version? What does PandaDoc do and what's your revenue model? Sure. We help organizations to accelerate the way they transact with uh, electronic quotes, proposals, contracts, signatures, and um, recently payments. Um, that's essentially what we do. I think about the world of uh, all kinds of transactions, the Cheap products and services uh, are being taken over by e-commerce, by two-sided marketplaces. And what we focus is, uh, is, is basically deals that have a substantial value, mm -hmm. deals that require some kind of paperwork. Um, that's where we come in. Uh, we digitize this paperwork, allow sales teams to uh, build beautiful proposals, quotes, uh, contracts, and uh, you know, close the deals in a digital fashion. Um, when Jared came on, this would have been about a year and a half ago in February 2016, I believe, he told me that your guys' kind of ARPU monthly was around $30. Is that still the same or has that increased or decreased and why? Um, it increased. Okay. Uh, it increased dramatically. And uh, um, I think it was actually higher a year and a half ago. Uh, Just to be clear, <laughs> that was month, that was monthly ARPU, not annual ARPU. So that would have... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So annually, yeah, is. 360, something like that. Yeah. So uh, blended, it's it's higher. Uh, okay, got it. What do you mean blended? Blended, you know, annual deals. You just divide them uh, by 12, right? Yeah. 
So and what is it? The, the real question I'm getting at, Makita. So what's the average customer now, now paying you? Is it like 40 bucks, 50 month? And what lever did you pull to drive those ARPU increases? It's more than that. It's closer to 100. Per month. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And with trust that, I mean, a myriad of factors, right? Like from the type of customers that yep. we bring on board, uh, which depends on the channels that we have uh, working for us. Uh, uh, sophistication of the product in a way, right? And uh, uh, our ability to serve larger accounts. Mm -hmm. um, in the, you know, the depth and width of the product. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, how many upsell features or uh, functionality do we have? How, how wide our product is? Mm -hmm. So there are like a lot of factors, right? Many many factors. What was close. what was your number? I think your first uh, your first couple thousand customers. What was like the growth channel that performed best for you early on? Uh, word of mouth. No no no. That okay, was... it can't be word of mouth. Give me like something that you engineered. Whether something it was tangible. Yeah yeah yeah. Because you guys do. By the way, guys, that's not me saying they don't have good word of mouth. They have amazing word of mouth. But yeah, Makita, give me something. You're an engineer. Give me something real. Uh, okay, man. Um, so we've done pretty well on the SEO front and uh, on on integrations front. Mm -hmm. So tell me about like Two an integration. Worked really well. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. I mean, I remember I was so impressed when I came there to your office and Jared showed me. I think it was the HubSpot integration you did, and you had these templates. They're almost like a PowerPoint, but it's like if you're an agency listening to this episode right now, you could go in there, create like your your pitch template, and depending on whatever client you were pitching, you could change one logo and it would update it across all the slides. I mean, I was so impressed with that. Was that your feature or HubSpot's, and how does that integration work? That was our feature, and that that is actually a part of our SEO play, right? We we just give small businesses free templates uh, for standard transactional documents that they need in order to close deals, quote templates, proposal templates, contract templates, whatever. Um, that drives quite a bit of traffic, right? And um, why though? So, like, if I search, like, give me a search term to search where you guys are going to pop a pie, and then we'll go um, backwards. Catering proposal template. Catering proposal template. Interesting. And and while I'm typing this into search, how do you guys find up with all the targets to go after? I mean, there are infinite amount of templates you could go after. Um, you know, trial and error, partially. Yeah. Um, and Google just like researching which queries are uh, the most popular ones. Um, what tool do you use to do that though? Customers. Oh man, like it's it's a very good question for one of my uh, one of my marketing guys. Like we yeah. have a guy who's focused one hundred percent on just that. I believe at this point we use Moz, but we use like everything under the sun. So yeah. it's not like it's it's. Uh, no, this is a this is yeah. a highly like I'm even looking right now and like you've got uh, Proposify up there as well with a template. You've got I mean the, for the document signing and management space, this template based SEO approach is like in high demand. PDF filler has this down on lock. I mean the team they've got to do that. They don't compete. I think with you directly. I think you guys serve different markets. But uh, I'm curious how you outrank others when when all these companies are ranking for those templates. Yeah, well. Um, 
What's fundamentally different uh, about PandaDoc is that PandaDoc is not built on top of PDF. So the templates that we create, they're not, they're not PDF files. They're HTML pages. Yeah. And uh, um, when you send a document through PandaDoc, you pretty much send a link to a web app, to a website. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, when we turn documents into templates, they just rank better. Mm. Um, that's that's like that's a part of the puzzle. The other part of the puzzle is that our SEO guy is just better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then another thing is that we were the first. Like we were the first to do that. Um, I'm not sure about when did you launch? Think, when did you launch Quote started. Roller? That was the name of the company before you changed it. 2011. Okay. So yeah. And then 2015 is when you made the pivot to uh, PandaDoc. Mm, more like 2014. We started to think about it, plan it, like draft it. And I think we launched PandaDoc. I know we launched PandaDoc end of 2014. So. Okay. And where are you today? Just quick updates here. Where are you today in terms of team size? Last time you were at 65, about a year and a half ago. Uh, 105. 105. And last time we had spoken, four to 106. <laughs> like a true engineer. All right. La last time we spoke, I know this is different. You guys had raised nine million dollars. What are you at today? Uh, the last time you spoke with Jared, we raised actually the total of uh, $4.5 million in cash okay. and uh, uh, $2 million in debt. Yep, venture debt. Yeah, so that makes it up to six and a half. Uh, as of today, we are at, um, so debt we paid off, um, 18 and a half. Okay, yeah. so you, you, what was the size of your most recent round? 15. Okay, 15. So oh you're gosh, 19 and a half, man. Sorry. That's okay. So you've raised a total of how much? 19 and a half. Oh, that, that, okay. That's not the size of the last round. That's all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, debt, you got to pay back. So we yeah. paid it back right away. So that 19.5 million total raise, that does not include the 2 million in venture debt that you already paid back. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very good. And, um, and how many customers are you serving now? More than 7,000. Okay, more than seven. Okay, you have to. You'll have to straighten me out here because when I spoke to Jared last time, he said ten thousand. He might have been talking about seats across customers. How do you he think? Might have been talking about Quotroller plus PandaDoc. Uh, are they the same? No, those are two different products. Oh, different, different cohorts of customers. Are, uh, are they different from like a, like like actually structural LLCs and cap tables? Uh, well, I wish, but no. Okay. So, it's the same company, just two products, legacy product and a new product. And they serve different and, cohorts. Yes, yeah, so they serve different cohorts. There are some different features. Otherwise, we would move customers from one to another. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I just uh, like, yeah, like combined together, if we look at the, at the, at the number of accounts, that would be way over 10,000. That would be like way over 12 at this point. But um, we focus on PandaDoc, and that's yep. kind of like where my head is at. Yep. Uh, gross churn. Obviously, that's always an issue in SaaS companies. What are you guys at now, gross monthly? Um, it's satisfactory. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. Give me a satisfactory range. Um, <laughs> you're good, Nathan. Uh, so the thing about our business is that we... Makita, uh, you're tough. Very... What's a good range? <laughs> um, so you should have Ford for FBI, my friend. No, I can't do that. No, so Jared, last time he told me that you guys were annually, annually, you were only churning like 9 or 10%. 
annually. Revenue, revenue that's that's the case. Actually, that's that's going to be uh, that's that's going to be. <laughs> negative right uh, you're probably net negative churn yeah, right yeah that would be over the uh, the real churn that we have in revenue and here's why pandadoc is a very horizontal product you start using it for your proposals and then you discover contracts so you mm -hmm. add more seats uh, and then you discover payments and then you turn on the premium feature then you find out oh my hr team can use that to build nice uh invoices letters that they can track so you add even more seats so basically what happens is that we do get a lot of freelancers that sign up for an account mm -hmm. and they close a large deal and they work that deal for like three, four, five months, whatever, and they cancel their account therefore. And then they reactivate. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of logo churn that um, has a very high percentage of re reactivation. And that's the case, you know, with SurveyMonkey. That's the case with like mail. Yeah, yeah, because they, they come in, when they're going through a hiring spree, they come in and use you for two months and then they, they cancel until their next hiring spree. Yeah, yeah, and and when it comes to sales, and especially like very small businesses, entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, the case of those guys is that, like I said, you know, they close a deal, they have things going for them, and then they have this deal to work on. Like yeah. think about marketing, like marketing contractors, right? Uh, inbound marketers that have one, two people on their team. Yep. So they close this like like one large enterprise account mm -hmm. and they got to work it for like six months. What's the point of keeping PandaDoc? They're not going to sell anymore. Like they're they're done. Yeah. Their sales yep. cycles is over. So again, like we do get some of those folks. So on the logo, like on the local basis, our churn is pretty high. Like what? On the revenue basis. Like high. Well, give me uh, like like business. no, but give me. I mean, everyone's version of high is different. Some people would say five percent per month is high. Some would say one percent per month is high. Just what is your definition of high? Five is high per like month. Five is, yeah, five is really high. Okay, but that's just your logo churn, right? So you, yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. you're doing what I'm hearing you say is you do a damn good job at revenue and ARPU expansion, right? Because you have all these different products, and that more than makes up for the logo churn. Yeah, it's more than like it's more like one product that's just upselling different parts of it and, and seeds and so on and so forth. Yeah, that makes good sense. Um, what about? Uh, I mean, are you guys? Ex I mean, I imagine you are because you've raised capital. Are you experimenting at all yet with paid spend? And if so, what are you paying on average to get a customer? Mm, it depends on the channel and uh, on the size of the customer. Like at this point, um, like think about like we have more than a hundred people in the org. Uh, and uh, there, there are two people that uh, focus on demand gen. There are um, different aspects of demand gen. There's just like there's a there's a solution selling right and keyword bidding and so on and so forth. There's account based marketing where we try to focus on specific industries and personas and uh, geographies and a bunch of other um, basically filters that we apply um so the customer acquisition cost varies mm -hmm. as well as the lifetime value yep of those customers yep on, on i mean let me ask a different question because you can because you I, I think it's probably similar across cohorts do you have a payback period you like to try and hit you get, get your money back within the first x amount of months yes um what do you aim we for we benchmark ourselves against uh against basically 12 months payback and uh, the reason, and by the way, like we do that primarily on the sales assisted deals. Okay. Our self-service engine is just a, it's like a, 
it's a separate business in its own. Yeah. Um, it works really well. Like we're very happy. <clears throat> we're very happy about it. Uh, but when it comes to sales assistant deals, like we're trying to get under 12 months of the, um, of, of, you know, um, payback. Yeah. Payback. Yeah. Because, um, because yeah, so, so Makita, I can yeah, I mean that helps you with your cash gap. I mean basically, right? But but yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you mentioned yeah. earlier, so I mean I can back into this, right? If you're pay if you're if this is just for your sales assisted cohort, if you want to get under a twelve month payback period, and you said the average customer earlier is paying you, I think you said a hundred bucks. Uh, I can just multiply that by twelve and assume you're spending like twelve hundred bucks on CAC. Now yeah. is that fully weighted? Does that include salaries of marketing and salespeople, or is that just direct spend? That includes salaries. So it's fully weighted. That salaries. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, including salaries is the right way to do it. Yeah. Well, some people uh, game I mean, the like, numbers. You know, you're an engineer, right? People love gaming numbers. So so here's the thing. Like, I've seen it done in, like, three different ways, right? One is, like, all the salaries are attributed. Two, and uh, I think it's I think it's fair, but I think it's a, it's a little bit misrepresentative because as you scale, the most expensive people, you know, like your CEO, VP... Well, not in our case. Our CEO doesn't make much money. But, uh, are, you, are you the CEO? Yeah. <laughs> um, the CEOs, the VP of sales, VP of marketing salaries are the highest, right? And then you got like uh, everyone else. Uh, and uh, the, the thing is like your organization grows and the VP stays the same. You know yep. what I mean? So basically- You have uh, a fixed cost right? structure that's driving better performance. Yeah, 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 exactly. So anyhow, there's one way to do it. Another way to do it is basically to- Hey, Makita, uh, sorry, real quick. Guys, so you guys can calculate what that number is for you that Makita just went through. Like that's when you literally take all of your expenses every month and divide that into the number of new customers you landed that month. That is like a very aggressive way to calculate CAC. Now he's gonna tell us another option he's seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another option is to basically take your management um, like senior management, take that away because that's basically your operating costs and then have, um, have the team, you know, the sales team, the marketing team, uh, to you be put engineers uh, in there or no, uh, not engineers. Okay. So not pull engineers. out, you pull know, out engineers senior. build an asset like that's, yeah. um, so pull out engineers, pull yeah. out the management team. You're looking at sales salaries, marketing salaries, and any variable direct marketing spend. Right, right, yep. right, and as well as sales spend, like software spend, and oh, got uh, it. Like we we factor that in. So that's actually how we calculate our CAC. Got we it. take away the management, um, uh, you know, costs, and then everything else accounts toward uh, toward CAC. And that comes and down then, to about about the twelve hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we so the industries like industries rule of thumb is one point thirteen. Pacific Crest Survey or someone like that. One point thirteen what? Uh, off of uh, ACV, so that so like fourteen month payback period. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What and are you we, spending? We, Go ahead. Yeah, like I was gonna say, we have channels where it's like six months. Yeah. Uh, and we have channels uh, where it's like two years. Yep. Right. But and, it's worth it. Uh, yeah, but but you know, basically those are two kind of just like different initiatives, and we realized that on the one where we have two years, we need it for blah 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 reasons. In fact, let's say direct sales, we have an outbound sales team, yeah. and our outbound sales team has uh, the worst CAC LTV ratio, and we're like CAC to ACV ratio, not CAC to LTV, CAC to ACV ratio, yep. and uh, you know, like we know that we're aware of that. Why do we have an outbound sales team? Because our outbound sales team is just like uh, you know the 
the Delta Force of Pandadoc or like Pandadoc. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get into certain verticals and in industries. They uh, they learn about them. They find out which are the industries for us to go after. And then when they when they when they learn that when they find out the market response, basically do like a little bit of customer development. Then we bring the marketing force, kind of like the air cover and yep. you know heavy artillery and blah blah blah. So that's Sp what we think spoken like a true. Are you Russian? Belarusian. Belarus. Half, like, yeah. Half sure. Spoken like a, a militaristic engineering thinker, right? The right way to think about the startup battles. Yeah. Thank you for tying this to my nationality. <laughs> I love it. I tell you what. I I have <laughs> met so many killers, amazing business people. You're talking Tel Aviv, Russia. You're, you're like think just militaristic countries. U.S. too. I mean, there's some people that have come out of the U.S. industry that were in you know the services. They always they're just they think about business business so differently it really is war but the, the the way you describe it about air cover ground troops i mean it's just fascinating all right uh, last few last few questions here before we wrap up um just give me a number what do you what are you spending per month in paid spend total i mean are we over like a quarter of a million a hundred grand ten grand mm, we're under we're under a quarter of a million okay so under a quarter of a million and then um i'm gonna go back here so have you guys broken the the, the magical million dollar per month mark and mrr or no no how close are you? Close. I'm just doing math. Seven thousand customers. You said earlier times a hundred dollars a seat. You're at about seven hundred grand in MRR. Is that fair? That's fair. Do you think you'll break that million by the end of this year? That's the plan. Boom, baby. What's the What's the goal? Like you You want to get to what? Like a like a fifteen million ARR run rate by the December 2017 or what? You know, Nathan. Like it. It actually. Um, it depends. I know you like the hard data, but it depends. The well, but your sales team has a goal, right? I mean, they know what goal they're driving to right now, right? They, yeah, they they do. But I actually wanna uh, I wanna finish my thought. There are certain uh, like values that we have um, that we basically wrote down, and we firmly stay behind them. So number one thing that we want to do is we want to make an impact. And impact is not just revenue. Impact is also like how many users do you have? How many documents are sent through PandaDoc? How much revenue is closed through our product? Mm -hmm. The nature of PandaDoc, it's, it's a, it is such a horizontal product. Like every business has a contract to send to someone and to get it signed and to negotiate on. Like Makita, I love that goal making an impact, everyone. but if that was driving you, you'd make your product free. Right. Like you're in business, you're in war, you have to do right. both. Right. So like, I totally respect that. I get it. But if that was truly what was only guiding you, you'd make your product free. Never say never. Right. <laughs> Are you? So, so you're raising, saying, you're, you're raising 60 million. You're not outlying this, 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 um, this opportunity. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Um, how do you compete with folks that are doing kind of point solution version versions of what you're doing? Like, it sounds like you might be getting into like the fresh book space with payments and HR and invoicing. It sounds like, you know, you also have people hitting you from the other side, the document actual signing with HelloSign and DocuSign and write signature and all those guys. How do you uh, make sure one of those people don't beat you in one of those specific spaces? Yeah, um, it's a great question. We do compete with a fair number of, of, of products that focus on one uh, particular use case or um, one particular feature that we have, and and that's fine. I think there's um, there's uh, there's a market for um, HelloSign, DocuSign. Uh, it, we mentioned um, some proposal tools and stuff like that, where we 
tend to focus is the actual workflow and collaboration on the workflow of making an offer, negotiating on the deal, and closing that deal. And uh, uh, we want to be we want to be the system of record for deals for yep. transactions. Makes good sense. Um, we ever get into the CRM space? Say again. Will you ever get into the CRM space? No, definitely not. Um, so you'll just keep integrating their integration partners. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many great CRMs out there. Like, and um, I, you know, I've spent in that space like more than a, a while, right? Like since the first days of Coltroller, we partnered with different CRM vendors, and uh, I've got uh, fortunate to to get to know the founders of those companies and. Um, man, like there, there's a lot of innovation going on there that the space is moving in the right direction. They have a huge challenge ahead of themselves, uh, mm-hmm. which is the um, emergence of, uh, of AI and machine learning. Yep. Um, yep. So honestly, like I don't like <laughs> uh, it would be a very unwise decision for us to get into into the CRM space. Same for the CRM companies. Like sure. they have so much on their plate right now. Yeah, they don't want to get years. This like this this AI um, revolution that's happening right now. Like, every CRM company got to jump on this uh, on this on this train and and execute. Assuming, Otherwise, they're gonna be gone. Yeah, assuming I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a point of question here. Assuming you're doing again around that $700 mark, you're doing about 8.4 million AR. If Benioff gives you a 10x multiple on that, walks into your office and writes you a what is that an $84 million check to buy the company? Do you sell? Uh, we get back to the uh, values. Uh, you, you caught me off there, but here's the goals behind uh, this business that my co-founder, Sergey and myself set ahead of ourselves. Number one is to make an impact. Number two is learn as much as possible. Number three is have fun while all of the above happens. Mm-hmm. So like money is immaterial. At some point, like when you, I think like when every founder breaks, breaks like, three million dollar ARR mark it's like doesn't matter like whatever you do you're gonna you're gonna be wealthy so and, assume and those three things that you just articulated a, a potential acquisition accentuates all of those things right more fun more impact right more utility to user base uh, I'm simply asking a number question do you take a 10x yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. to sell um, I don't think multiple is material what's material is are we going to be able to make it back no i just said i just i just said imagine that those three things are amplified with an acquisition deal right so the last thing to think about is hey is the price right everything else is a checkbox for you how do you think about that no actually it's the other way around the price is the checkbox those things. No, no, no. You, you've already you've already done the important stuff, which is make sure that an acquisition makes a bigger impact. Make mm-hmm. sure that you give more utility to your users, and make sure that you're having more fun. You've already checked those things. You've already done your research there, right? With the whatever company offering you, the last little thing you have to think about is because it's not important to you is price, right? How do you think about that last little thing? Is what I'm asking you. How do I think about price? Yes. Oh, you know, like uh, assuming we'll everything else is a good fit. Yeah, yeah. Will that make a meaningful return to uh, to my investors? Mm-hmm. Uh, will that make uh, in, like a difference for uh, for my team? Um, that's that's really like how we think about. Would it. an eighty-four million dollar exit do those things? Um, you know what? I don't know if at that point would that be the case. Like, dude, yeah. like this, like this is not as easy. It's like, oh, you go and talk to like you know, I I can I can 
give a birth to that answer in my head. No, I yeah. cannot. Like yeah. I have to do a shit ton of conversations with, it's just not how it works with the, with our investors and we have angel investors and then series A investors and series B investors. And uh, they all have, um, they all have, you know, their, their focus and uh, uh, plans and, and uh, expectations. And uh, the thing about Silicon Valley, it's a very small ecosystem. So you want to, you want to play cool. So that's, that's kind of how I think about it. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. It helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings, okay? I do them back to back, very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool, it's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin, I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Let's wrap up here, Makita, with some softer, easier questions. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I'll give you the most useful one. Okay. Pitch anything. Yep. It helped me tremendously. Um, coming from um, from a former Soviet state, I did not shine with my um, persuasion and sales skills. Hey, Josh. There's <laughs> <laughs> your man. Huh? There's the man. Um, okay, number yeah, two is. So that, go, that, go ahead. That book was great. And okay. that book talks about the. Um, talks about sailing and persuasion and, and pitching um, combined with neuroscience. So no. Since it's like scientific, I really liked it. And there's like a very good foundation for that book. So. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Yeah, there are a few people actually. There are Na- a few people. Name, name one or two. Uh, I'll name um, I'll name Satya Nadella um, because when the transition from Balmer to uh, Satya happened, I was pretty confident that like that Microsoft is irrelevant, and mm-hmm. that changed like fast. 
Um, and I was very, like, I was really, really surprised by what happened to that company in such a short period of time, considering the scale of that company, the size of that company. Um, so that, 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 that was just like fascinating. Um, let's, let's, I, keep, let's leave it at that one. Let's move forward. Okay, here. Yeah. Just sure. cause I want to be respectful of your time. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like acuity scheduling? Favorite online tool that I have. Something you use a lot. I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna sound like uh, like an old dude, but I love Google Calendar. Oh God, I I thought you were gonna say Hotmail. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Google Calendar. Like, and it's it has like the simplest task manager on the right, like on the right, like you can enable this task manager on, on the right hand side. And uh, it's very unsophisticated, which is probably what I like about it. Because like when I like run over ten tasks that I have to take care of, that means actually something is wrong with my like with with the way I work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's yeah, I love Google Calendar. That's good. Number four, Makita. How many hours of sleep to get every night? Eight hours. Okay. Otherwise, I don't function well. And what's your current situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Married with two kids. Okay, two kids. And how old are you? I'm 31. Third. Nice. Good. Okay, happy early birthday. Last question. Take us back 11 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, that I don't have to focus on trying to, like, make money. I have to focus on um, learning as much as I can. There you guys have it from Makita. Focus on learning as fast as possible, as early as you can. He started with Quote Roller, now obviously building PandaDoc. They launched that back in, you know, called 2011. PandaDoc really coming out a few years after that. They've grown their team from 65 people about a year and a half ago to over 105. They've raised additional capital from 6 million, now over 19.5 million. More importantly, though, they're now serving 7,000 customers, right? Helping them with all these different workflow management tools, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, payments or document management or document signing or pitches and updating pitches quickly. Those 7,000 customers are paying on average about a hundred bucks a pop. So call it 700 grand in MRR. Gross churn is high, logo churn is high, but that doesn't really matter for them because they've got a great job at doing driving expansion, ARPU and expansion revenue. So they have net negative revenue churn, which is great. Makita is aiming for a 12 month payback period on their sales enabled uh, process. So call that $1,200 CAC. Again, uh, uh, doing super successful, spending less than a quarter of a million bucks per month on paid acquisition. Makita, thank you for taking us to the top. Nathan, it was my pleasure. If you enjoyed Makita today, go back and listen to Gavin yesterday. You know those horrible airport connection Wi-Fi like hotspots that you guys all have encountered at an airport? Well, this is the guy making bank off them. 9.6 million to be exact. Tune in to find out how Gavin does it.